Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Hey, today my name is Harper Jones, and I'm going to be hosting the Breakaway Wealth podcast, and we're going to talk about requirements for a personal banking system. And what I mean by uh, for your personal banking system is the policy that we would design as the uh, platform or product so we could process or, or practice uh, infinite banking concept. And so to dive in, these are some things that you'd want to look for uh, within a insurance company. So yeah, you may be talking to an agent or, or with an agency of someone who specializes in uh, infinite banking and uh, especially designing these policies. But these are some, some things just so you can kind of understand the holistic picture of what to look for. So you're going to want a dividend paying whole life insurance policy. Now, what we mean by that is you want to participate in the dividends with the mutual insurance company. And uh, part of how you do that is you get a policy designed with a mutual insurance company that allows you to uh, participate in the surplus profits. So just like with a business, you're going to have shareholders or stockholders and those shareholders or stockholders are going to get the profits of that company. Well, with the mutual insurance company, you're going to be a part owner, kind of like a pro rata owner, so to say, when you have a policy, because there aren't going to be any other stockholders because this is a mutual insurance company. Most insurance companies are going to be stock companies. So there's going to be other players in the play and those that money, those profits will be sent the stockholders, in this case, we get to participate in those dividends and those profits. So that's one thing that you want to look out for. So that takes the next point, mutual company. We want to be the owner. Uh, we like to look for 100 years or older uh, with these insurance companies because that shows their stability, how long they've been around, and how you know most of these or majority of these companies we work with just a handful uh, have paid dividends and uh, look good financially for you know, north of uh, 100 years. Uh, so strong financials versus ratings. Uh, so what we mean by this is they may be some really high ratings. Not that that company isn't great, but kind of those ratings could, you know, be bought or influenced. So look look deeper than just the ratings and look at the financials. Because, for example, let's say in uh, 2008, 2007, AIG, who had some of the highest ratings at the time, well, a week later, you know, they're just all blown up in their face. But if you really looked and studied at their financials, you could have seen some things were kind of going wrong, over leveraged, and their money wasn't in you know, the correct places. And then you want to look for a uh, insurance company that accommodates or supports the infinite banking process. So there's only five to seven mutual insurance companies we would even consider working with. And what we want is someone who at least is okay with us taking policy loans. And it's okay with us kind of getting a hold of our money and leveraging against our policy. Some companies prefer that they keep investing all that money and they don't want you to collateralize your cash value. And that's okay if that's what you're wanting to do with your proceeds. But we want to have that option, the flexibility, and someone who understands what we're doing and that accommodates the process of banking because this is how it becomes so powerful. It's not just the product, but tying into that process of infinite banking. So... We actually work with a company or two that'll come to 
every year we have this uh, annual think tank that Nelson Nast Institute puts on. And some of those companies will actually come and uh, show their support, you know, pass their information about the products out and talk about how they're incorporating uh, IBC. When I say IBC, I mean infinite banking process, uh, just, uh, just so you know. But when they're wanting to implement IBC, they actually work with some practitioners with Nelson Nash Institute, one of the companies we work with, to design a policy that better fits exactly what we're trying to do. So we want people that want to be in the game and not on the sidelines. A design for highest cash value possible. So there is going to be kind of a uh, parameters we want to be within. We want to design the policy where there's heavier cash value earlier on, but we don't want to make that go too heavy uh, in, the, in the beginning years because we could do something that's called MEC the contract a modified endowment contract. So if we kind of pass that ceiling and try to force too much premium in there or cash within the policy in the earlier years, that could not be good for that reason because we'd lose some tax benefits, it'd be treated more like a qualified plan, and we'd have more restrictions. So if we end up designing it kind of within parameters where you have enough cash in the beginning, then we still get a leverage in the medium and long term because even if you were to design the policy in the beginning years where uh, there's a lot of cash. We could use something called a term rider, but we try to stay away from the term rider in most cases, depending on the product and the company, because that's not the best for the client uh, typically. And we can dive into that further, um, like in a one-on-one -on -one session, or we could do another video on, on that term rider, but also on our YouTube channel at Create Tailwind. If you search at Create Tailwind on YouTube and type in life insurance efficiency spectrum, we dive in with the visuals and kind of draw out uh, what we're looking for on uh, designing for highest cash value possible, but still keeping the benefits medium and long term. Uh, strong guaranteed values. So when you see an actual illustration, which would be the projection for the whole life insurance contract that you're looking for, we're going to have two sides to uh, the ledger right on the illustration, which is going to be a guaranteed side on the left and a non-guaranteed side on the right. The guaranteed side is what you're absolutely guaranteed and say a lot of companies right now are, are issuing 4% uh, growth on your cash value that's within the policy. That typically is all income tax-free as long as it's designed properly. And then on the right side, it's going to say that that's issuing dividends at the current rate. It could be 4.75%, 5%, 5.1%, depending on the company. And that's saying that if those dividends are paid, what we're going to do is we're going to reissue or reinvest those dividends as a paid-up addition to riders which is gonna buy kind of mini policies, so to speak, that are paid up within the policy. And it's gonna get us more cash in there in a tax-free way that's gonna keep compounding that now we can leverage against uh, via lines of credit from the insurance company called a policy loan. So not a modified endowment contract. So we kind of touched on that uh, a couple of points above. And then dividends directed to paid up additions riders. So you have a few different ways you can direct your dividends. If they're issued, they're technically not guaranteed, but these companies have paid for over 100 years. Uh, if those dividends are coming out, you could pocket them and you could pocket them up to your basis tax free. But what the uh, best way to do it in Nelson Nash way is to take those dividends and reinvest them back in the policy so you can grow your banking system and your money pool. Uh, so I wanted to also touch on illustration versus the holistic picture. So sometimes people will be looking around and they look at the illustration and they say, oh, well, my buddy over here has this illustration that ran for me. And then, hey, you. Uh, run this one for me and they'll show me and compare which which is part of the picture and uh, you want to look at that but it's only like a little bit of a snapshot so you want to take the whole perspective because let's say an illustration here will grow at one percent more and then the other one 
And you say, well, I like that because my cash grows so much more over the longer term. And look, I get that. I totally understand. But there's a few different things that you want to take into consideration. One could be, okay, let's say you have this policy for a couple of years and it's growing a little bit more than another policy. So let's say policy A is growing a little bit better, like the visuals look better on the projections and illustration than a policy B or illustration B. If you went with that illustration A or, or policy A rather than policy B, let's say you had a real estate deal and you had hundred grand cash value within your policy and you need to take a hundred grand and borrow against your policy and access that hundred grand to go buy the real estate deal. Well, great. Well, how is the home office processing to get that policy loan into your bank account or checking accounts so that you could use those funds? Well, with the companies we're working with, it's normally three to five business days or less, depending on uh, if we're doing a wire, ACH, or mailing a check. But let's say, um, you know, policy A that was performing better with the projections illustration, maybe they take a week, 10 days, or two weeks to get that uh, policy loan proceeds to you. Versus other company that's three or five days, well, let's say you take this hundred grand and it's just a, basically on that deal, you know, you can go make 15 or 20 grand and flip it off right away. Well, maybe you lose that deal if you can't get those funds within a couple of days to a week. So then it's like, do you really care that you've had 1% more compounding over here versus, uh, you know, policy B? No, you don't because you made up for all of it and more by able to have, by having access to your money uh, so quickly and easily without any headaches. So that's part of the picture you want to look at. Uh, policy information and accessibility. Uh, you want to make sure you can have an online portal or there's uh, ways that your uh, agent or the person coaching you uh, is going to be able to get this information to you very uh, quickly and efficiently so you can check it and uh, you know see where you stand with everything. Um, then direct non versus non-direct recognition. So you could have a company that is direct recognition versus non-direct recognition and basically direct versus non-direct non recognition is discussing uh, when you take a policy loan and you uh, collateralize your cash value within the policy, a company that is non-direct recognition won't recognize that you're doing that and they're not going to lower your dividend within the policy. But of course, they're going to charge you policy loan interest because it's not your money you're borrowing. It's an insurance company's money. And direct recognition, the insurance company is going to say, okay, you're borrowing, say, 50 grand of your 100 grand cash value of the 50 grand that is collateralized we are going to give you a lower dividend or, or a different dividend uh, rate on that collateralized cash value. Not necessarily a bad thing depending on the situation and the company and how they calculate it, but that's something that you wanna look into because if you are expecting to uh, leverage your cash value, which you should, because you wanna access to your money and go use that in your day-to-day -day, you know, investments and financing, then you want to see what it looks like if you are taking policy loans throughout the life of the policy that could greatly reduce that compounding within the policy and look much more similar to you know policy B over here too. So that, that's something to look into. And then after a policy is set up, you want to make sure that you're getting continual coaching and education on how to utilize that policy and that product. So let's say the policy is designed, you know, great, you know, it's, it's an IBC uh, type policy. There's a lot of benefits with it being set up, right? You got illness protection, death protection, and growth of the policy. And you say, okay, I want to start utilizing that and start banking and practice uh, infinite banking concept, the Nelson Nash way. But you got to have someone who knows that and, and is coaching you. So you have an agent set it up, then 
you want to you expect them to educate you and coach you before getting the policy in force and ready so you understand how this is a solution to a problem you know in our financial uh, picture and you want them coaching you not only before but after that's up and running you want to be able to have access to them access to the resources and then giving you that personal touch that you can keep having all that coaching and uh, continual education. So that's something as well. So a lot of people may market real well. They may understand this concept incredibly well, but then they're not really there to continually coach you. And then you forget, you know, why you're, you're doing this and why you set up these policies, not only for the, you know, family protection and survivor survivorship protection, but for the, um, you know, financing throughout our lives that, which is uh, much more important. Uh, one more thing I would touch on is you're going to want to do this with a whole life insurance policy, not a universal life, not a variable universal life. Insurance is about transferring the risk from you to the insurance company or you to you know someone else in the form of the agreement. It's a private agreement between you and the insurance company. With a universal life and a variable universal life, uh, depending on uh, the situations, typically you're not going to get as many guarantees with that, there's still going to be a decent amount of risks that you're taking on uh, within those policies. So it's something you want to really dive into and, and study. And of course, at Create Tailwind, you know, we have a tons of resources we could send about any of this. If any of this is confusing, you want to dive in more, uh, feel free to reach out. My email is harper at createtailwind.com. I'll see if I can't put that in the bio too on the YouTube channel and for the podcast. Anyone who's listening to just the audio, this will be on YouTube with all the video content here. But I got to also, uh, um, uh, I guess, finish up here and say, we're not giving financial advice or any uh, legal advice. You know, make sure you have uh, the respective professionals in each field. But hopefully this is a quick and easy uh, overview that dives into some more of the details because we've had some people kind of request uh, getting more specific for things like this. So appreciate it. Thanks for your time and have a great day. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.